the trumpet and love let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. We bring you the program of The Voice of Prophecy. A voice crying in the wilderness of these latter days, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. This broadcast is presented by the Voice of Prophecy, Incorporated. And now we invite you to listen to our radio quartet, the King's Herald. As they sing that thrilling gospel song, Hold the Fort. Oh, my comrades, see the signal waving in the sky. Reinforcements now appearing, victory is nigh. Hold the fort, for I am coming. Signal still With the angel back to heaven By thy grace we will See the glorious banner waving Hear the trumpet blow Hear our leader's name will triumph dominion, the nations of earth are but as the small dust of the balance. We ask thee to so control the nations that the everlasting gospel shall be quickly preached in all the world according to thine unfailing word. We thank thee that in thy Son God was manifest in the flesh, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory to be our minister, our high priest, who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary, and the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. Therefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto thee by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercessions for us. We do not come to thee in our own power but through his mercy and through his intercession accept his intercession in our behalf we beseech of thee through the worthiness of the same our Lord Jesus Christ Amen There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God a place where sin 
interesting letters in our mail are really lessons in contrast. One is from a mother whose children like to hear the King's Herald sing. My little boy, she says, was four years old yesterday, and I have a little girl not quite three years old. They'd dearly love to hear the King's Herald sing the theme song, and they can sing it themselves almost as heartily as the quartet in their own small way, of course. How disappointed they are when we tune in a few minutes late and miss the opening song. I'm sure your program is blessing many of the small hearts as well as the older ones, too. Yes, we're happy to say the Voice of Prophecy broadcast is reaching the older ones. Our second letter is from Kentucky and was written by an elderly man born in the year 1862. That'd make him 84 years old, wouldn't it? This old gentleman is one of our listeners and one of our Bible students, he says. In the letter to the Voice of Prophecy... I have 65 grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I'm glad there is still someone who loves to read and study the Bible. Will you pray for me that I may be faithful till the end? We will, and will you do that too, radio friends? Remember the very youngest and the very oldest among our listeners in your prayers. Now, the King's Herald sing, What Did He Do? Listen to our wondrous story, counted once among the lost. Yet one came down from heaven's glory, saving us at awful cost. Who saved us from eternal love? Son upon the cloud is he denied for you? Where is he now? in heaven interceding. Will you surrender to this Savior? To his scepter Now, the voice of prophecy, his subject, he ascended into heaven. 
The voice of prophecy stands for the historic gospel. We believe that the records of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are true, and that the events recorded in them and in the other books of the New Testament occurred as written. We believe that in these inspired writings, we have the Word of God concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The entrance of our Lord Jesus Christ into this world was a miracle, and his departure was likewise miraculous. His whole sinless life was a miracle. It's useless to try to naturalize the story of Jesus. The Christian faith is based on supernaturalism. And there's little danger of overemphasizing the supernatural in it. Always we must look up to God in faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please Him, we're told in Hebrews 11, 6. As Jesus came from heaven, it was in the divine plan that He should go back to heaven. The resurrection was only in order to His ascension, and was soon followed by it, so He ascended into heaven. With the little group of disciples, our Lord climbed the ascent of the Mount of Olives, passed a little way over the crest out of sight of the city which had rejected him, and came near the little village of Bethany, where he had been loved and where he loved. He met there, you remember, with Martha and Mary and Lazarus, his dear friends. And then he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Luke 24, 50-52. His last act was to bless his followers. As the cloud wrapped itself about the Savior, the last sight of him showed his hands outstretched in benediction. And as our high priest, he continues that attitude and that act and will continue it until he comes again. As his disciples had seen in his life the way to the kingdom of heaven, and in his death the price of the kingdom, they see now in his ascension the fullest proof of the resurrection of his body and of his continual intercession at the right hand of God. In the Gospel of Luke, the account of our Lord's ascension is at the end of the book, Luke 24. In the Acts, it is at the beginning. Yet both accounts were written by the same author, one regards the ascension as the end of the earthly life of our Lord, and the other as the beginning of the heaven. But there's something else besides the ending of his earthly work and the beginning of his heavenly ministry. It is found in the words of the two angels in Acts 1.11. This same Jesus shall come. So we have three things to remember about this mighty fact. First, the ascension was an ending. Second, the ascension was a beginning. Third, the ascension was a pledge of Christ's return. Now, first, we have the ascension as an ending of Christ's work and the parting of his disciples. Once he said to them, I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. John 16, 28. The ascension, you see, corresponds to the incarnation. As the Word became flesh by the natural path of human birth, entered through the gate by which we all enter. 
and yet came as none else has ever come, by his own will in the miracle of his incarnation. So at the end, he passed out from life to the gate of death by which we all pass, and was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, Philippians 2, 8. Yes, here too came the miracle of divine power. He arose from the dead and ascended up where he was before, John 6, 62. The ascension of Christ was heaven's seal on the sacrifice of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, read in Philippians 2, 9, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. When Jesus was parted from them and carried up into heaven, his humiliation ended and his exaltation began. Then, too, Christ's ascension was the natural conclusion to his resurrection. The body of our blessed Lord, scourged, pierced, nailed to the cross, and buried in Joseph's tomb was the body of his resurrection. After he arose from the dead, he showed his disciples the wounds of the cross. And now the mystery and wonder continues. The same Jesus of the cross and of the resurrection ascended to heaven and so carried our humanity, glorified to the throne of God, where he ever lived. When a loved one is taken from us and laid to silent rest in God's acre, our hearts longing for the touch of a vanished hand and the sound of a voice that is still, cry out, Shall we see mother, father, brother, sister, wife, husband, son or daughter or friend again? And to the believer the answer comes from the very lips of our ascended Lord, Because I live, you shall live also. John 14. At Christ's resurrection many of the dead arose, we read in Matthew 27, 52, and ascended with him as the first fruits of that mighty host to be raised from the dead at his second coming. We read in Ephesians 4, 8 that when he ascended up on high, he led a multitude of captives. So when the believer asks, what shall we be like in the other world? How will the redeemed personally and personality be arrayed? We need only climb all of it with those eleven disciples and view the ascension of our Lord. Then by faith we can say, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I shall see him in his beauty when I reach the home above where the ransom join the angels to extol his wondrous love. I shall see, I shall see him, I shall see him in his wondrous beauty there, ever friend and loving Savior, King of kings divinely fair. I shall see him in his beauty, seated on his dazzling throne, whom I here have loved and trusted, whom 
my dear, by faith have known. I shall see, I shall see him, I shall see him in his wondrous beauty there. Faithful friend and loving Savior, King of kings divine. Now we come to the ascension as a beginning. In Luke's gospel, it's the end, the farewell, the foreseen climax of Christ's three and a half years of earthly ministry. In the book of Acts, it's the same fact, the same glorious event, but in a different setting. Here is no farewell blessing, no goodbye, but Christ's ascension to begin his heavenly intercession. As the writer said in Acts 1.1, the former treaties have I made of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. That was the Gospel of Luke to which he was referring. So now he could have said of the book of Acts, I'm going to tell you of the ascension and of all that Jesus continued to do and to teach. The book of Acts is the history of the work of Christ, who was able to do it just because he had ascended on high. And his words still echoed in the hearts of his disciples. It is expedient for you that I go away, he said. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Reading Acts 6, uh, John 16, 7. But when the Comforter is come, reading John 15, 26, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And friends, how gloriously was this fulfilled from the day of Pentecost onward, even to this present hour. The apostle Peter caught the thought when he said, as we read in Acts 2.33, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. The Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost poured out in plenitude of power was the evidence and witness of the exaltation of Christ at the throne of God. It is the ascended Christ who sends his Spirit upon men, opens their hearts to hear, sends forth his messengers to the nations, and fulfills his promise to be with us even to the end of the world. He ascended up on high, and at once his disciples began their worldwide work. They went forth, we read, and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. That's the reading of Mark 16, 20. Mark tells us that our Lord was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. Verse 19. What does sitting at the right hand of God mean? What does it mean to you, to me? It means that Christ wields the powers of omnipotence. It means that all power in heaven and in earth is his, and that while the atonement of the cross was finished on Calvary, the work of the ascended Jesus will never be finished until the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Revelation 11 25. 
or 11.15. Read on to 25. Our friend, where Christ is, we may be. There we are by faith in him now. Do not worry about the passing scene. Do not be disturbed about threats to the world and to civilization itself. But set your affection on things above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Those are the words of the great apostle in Colossians 3.2. In the fourth and fifth chapters of the book of Hebrews, Christ is presented as the Christian's high priest interceding at the throne of God. Through him we are admitted by faith into the holy of holies of God's presence. Our high priest is not an angel, however exalted, but he is the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5. He was taken from among men, Hebrews 5.1. He wears our flesh. He lived among men. He knows our problems, feelings, our limitations, and heartaches. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 Having such an intercessor, such a representative, such a friend, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Verse 16 Jesus is there and our feet will follow there at last. Last of all, the ascension is a pledge of his return. As we read in Acts 1.9-11 while the disciples beheld, you remember, two angels stood by them in white apparel and said, While you're looking up to heaven, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Notice it's the same Jesus. This is his human name, emphasizing the ascending and ascended humanity, the perpetual humanity, the returning humanity of the ascended Lord, the same yesterday, today, and forever. O radio friends, the world has not seen the last of Jesus Christ. Such an ascension after such a life, such a death and such a resurrection cannot be the end of him. His judicial return will follow his atoning work to take account of his servants and perfect their possession of the salvation which by his incarnation, his passion, his resurrection and his ascension he wrought for the world. And so as Alexander McLaren, the preacher's preacher, said, one sweet face, one great fact, the face of the Christ, the fact of the cross, should fill the past. One sweet face, one great fact, the face of the Christ, the fact of his presence with us all the days, should fill the present. One regal face, one great hope, should fill the future. The face of the King that sitteth upon the throne, the hope that he will come again, and so, we shall ever be with the Lord. There are glories unfold in that city of gold On the brink of the beautiful river Its wonderful light will burst on my sight But what will it be to see
why does shine from his eyes into mine? While the face that was marred is uplifted, with love to complete his smile, I shall meet. Oh, what will it be to see Jesus? What will it be to see Jesus? What will it be to see There are glories unfold in the city of faith in God, on land or on the sea. Have faith in God, wherever you may be. Have faith in God. He cares for you and me. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and 
be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.